Hey, Chase, Spencer here. Uh, I just had to interrupt myself listening to your most recent Dungeon Master's Diary um, and take the huge liberty of speaking on Bernie's behalf. Now, I don't think what Bernie was saying was about self-editing or particularly even about semantics. Um, What I think he was talking about was your tendency to kind of self-flagellate and that that, not only is that surplus to requirements, it's actually impeding your journey. It's reducing the possibility of you finding the answers to the questions which you seek. I believe that's where Barney's coming from. Personally, I feel that merely stating this to someone isn't enough. That's a conclusion that you have to come to. That is very much part of the journey itself, and there's no real shortcuts. And we do enjoy listening to you, sharing your journey. But there are moments where it's difficult to listen to you being so self-critical and self-judging. And that's obviously because people care about you. It's kind of like them cheering you on from the sidelines. I hope that makes sense. And um, yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to the rest of the episode. Take care, man. Thanks he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Hello. It's the early hours of the morning and I'm trying not to be too noisy and wake up my lovely wife. But I've had absolutely loads of call-ins in the last week or so, and I'm trying to squeeze as many as I can into the start of this episode, but I have to be honest, it might have to roll over to the next one too. So I'm going to try not to comment on them too much. Just going to say thank you to everyone who called in, and especially thank you to Spencer at the top of the show there, Barney, and, oh yeah, this lot. Game on. It's pronounced domain. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. Hi Che, Goblin Senchman here. Just listening to some of your more recent DM's diaries, you know, talk of being right and wrong and and stuff like that. Um, I think if there's anything listening to your um, episodes has reminded me of or taught me, for want of a better word, is um, not to be too strict with yourself. Don't set any hard and fast rules. I don't think there's anything wrong with drawing a line in the sand. But uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I will I will henceforth do X or I will not henceforth do Y. Um, I think that almost can cause more problems 
then it solves. But yes, by all means, I, for example, I'm going to buy less RPGs or something. That's that's fine. But don't make it a don't make it a a law. Make it a rule. <laughs> laws can't be broken, as in immutable scientific laws. But rules can be bent. Anyway, that's just my thoughts on that. Cheers. Hi Jay, it's Vance. Hey, I uh, was listening to, uh, let's see, your GM Diary 17 and the Collins on that, and of course the prior ones. And I think uh, you and I are probably from the same Puritan stock in some way, and that uh, self-depreciation is kind of part and parcel of our being. Uh, anyway, uh, I think, you know, personally it was the you know, kind of being told not to be prideful when I was young and unfortunately not the differentiation. The differentiation was never made between pride as hubris versus pride as confidence in a job well done. And so kind of lost track on that. Hold on, part two coming up. Part two. So the, um, yes, the self-depreciation... I think, you know, we don't want to completely stand out and give ourselves too much credit. Hence, I also use the double negatives, like try not to suck as much. And so that said, you know, we also have to kind of embrace the fact that we are competent and experienced and have, you know, a some knowledge and value and that other people appreciate it. So, um, there you go. Um, have a great day and, uh, keep on what you're doing and, uh, keep putting it out there. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, Jay, uh, Spencer again, just listening to your response to my comment. And, um, I was thinking about what you were saying in terms of my own learning process and how I, I found when I, I reflect on how I am when learning something new, um, I do tend to approach things. I really try and absorb as much as I can of, of whatever subject that is. And I often feel that I get a good handle on things quite early on. And if I'm learning within a group of people, I do feel as if I cotton on to ideas that are new to me quite quickly. But as soon as that kind of that that knowledge begins to sort of cohere and begins to solidify, I start to realise that I haven't quite grasped the full implications of what it is I'm learning I haven't quite um, seen the whole picture perhaps in my eagerness to assimilate new information and that's when the doubt creeps in that's when I think oh have I really understood this at all but then the whole process starts again I reassess what I think I've learned I question what I believe I've nailed down and in many ways that's a kind of a a process of refinement distilling information I guess uh, and I just felt that was echoed in your comments that 
cyclical process that we go through when learning. And I just wanted to share that thought. Take care, man. Hi, Che Barney here. Thanks for including my message and thanks especially for your response. For what it's worth, I feel that I have a better understanding of how you approach things. And I can certainly relate to the vast majority of what you talk about, if only in one tiny way, because I too am a teacher. I think your commitment to avoiding self-censorship is spot on, and long may that continue. Also, uh, false positivity, I think, should certainly also be um, thrown out, as you say. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, All the best. See you, bye. Amazing, isn't it? So many brilliant call-ins, and I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, It is incredibly humbling, actually, to have so many of you care so much that you take time to, you know, click the button, or, uh, you know, even... In a couple of people's cases, you know, grab their phone, record something and then email it to me. It is absolutely immense to me. So thank you so, so much. Um, I'm probably going to miss somebody here, but thank you to Spencer and to Andy Goodman. Thank you to Barney at the end. I really appreciate you calling him man because I was actually vaguely terrified to actually listen. Um, But I was so, so amazed by how gracious and kind you've been. And thanks to all the other guys, Vance and Goblin's Hench. Amazing stuff. Hey, Chase, Dave, how you doing? I'm just listening to your latest episode. I think it's your latest episode as I'm gearing up to do some work today. The first day back. <laughs> a rumour day. What a good idea. That would have made a great New Year's resolution. By the end of a year, I'd have had hundreds of rooms. I'd have had a mega dungeon. Um... I was almost going to challenge you, yeah, let's do it, let's share them. I'm not going to do that because I've got a few things on, what with ZineQuest coming up and stuff like that. But after that, I may well take that up as a discipline, just one room every day. Wouldn't even need to be the room joined to the last room. If you had an idea of where your dungeon was going and all your levels, you could just chuck an interesting room into the next level, come back to the connections later. Great idea. And then I really enjoyed your... um, reflections on GURPS, the no whiffing. I mean, I've always said, as you know, um, I, for, for me, GURPS is too tricky for me to run, but I did always enjoy playing it because of all of those tactical options in combat. And it would seem to me that that would be an obvious strength of GURPS, that you would have lots of ways of distinguishing one foe from another because of the tactics that they would employ. And I can see absolutely that your spiders might make all-out attacks. On the other hand, I can see why they would make these sort of feeble, ineffectual attacks. I mean, quite often when you see wild creatures fighting, actually their weapons are no good for harming each other, which is why, which is why they do it so often. Then they, they can retreat with one of them a bit scratched up and come back another day. Of course, the fun thing will be now that um, your spider attacks will be so effective <laughs> that, that they'll start landing really vicious blows and killing the players. I wonder if Jason will like that more. <laughs> Thanks, Dave, for this. It's brilliant to hear you. And, yeah, brilliant thoughts. And um, you have no idea how prophetic that little uh, last one was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm not going to comment further, really. Just thanks. That was really great. I, I tend to agree with you. And um, I'm, I know there's another one coming. And after that, 
That's about all I've got time for. So, callers all, thanks so much. Game on. Here's Dave Aldridge. I wonder if it necessarily needs to be a weakness of D&D that, you know, monsters just roll to hit, roll to hit, roll to hit, and there isn't much variation. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to invoke the Black Hack. But in the Black Hack, each monster, the monsters are all pretty samey in terms of their stats, except that each monster has one, rarely more than one, but one special thing. Um, which defines the way that they attack or some special move that triggers or some special resistance that they have. And with just one thing, that actually makes each monster quite distinct from another. It, distinct, it distinguishes itself from, from all the other monsters in, in one very important way. So I think even with a very, very, very basic system, um, you can give your monsters a quite distinctly different flavour. It's Friday night. There's been another delve into the dungeons of Thal. So two of the Friday night gamers, about two and a half hour or so game session tonight. And it's been fun. They went beyond the iron door. They have explored an area they've been to once before. Uh, Valchek uh, came with his iron key today. And um, yeah, it was good fun. They had a good time. I um, I think we had a couple of battles with spiders. One of those was a random encounter. Um, and one of those was um, them dealing with a sort of area of lair, which was good. And um, I played the, as I'd been discussing um, earlier, I, I, in sort of previous um, logs, I have... Played them much more aggressively today, um, all out attacks, and that was way more effective and loads of fun actually. The spiders were actually able to to hurt and harm. Um, at the same time, they weren't able to defend themselves as much, and the guys were enjoying that. So, um, I had a wonderful couple of situations. A uh, bit of a critical uh, scored against uh, the spear and shield armed. Uh, kind of hero who was forced basically to drop the spear so he then started to sort of smash spiders with his shield bashing them away which was great and um you know blocking the blows and smashing them away splatting them against the walls um yeah uh it was an intense fight i don't want to get too far into the details but when you got five um big spiders attacking two heroes it gets messy it's good fun the guys also decided to delve into a few areas they shouldn't have done. <laughs> um, but it sort of paid off for them. They actually have come out with a reasonable haul of treasure, um, a couple of extra bits and pieces of interest, and a heck of a lot of positive character points uh, for you know tough fights and inventive play. It was a really entertaining night, actually. It's really, really good. Um, Ian commented that uh, he really enjoyed it and kind of in some ways would rather play that than, than the original campaign we started with, which is a really interesting thing to have to say. Just that they seem to like the, the relative simplicity of uh, the, the setup, if you like, but they're finding the dungeon quite intriguing. And uh, you know, no plot lines to hold, as Ian put it. Um, you know, like just actually get down there, explore, see what treasure you can find. You know, it's good fun. It's very much that old school game, but it's um, 
as I think Hobbes has said, it is uh, gritty, you know, it's dangerous. Um, uh, but I guess the big highlight for the night for me was the first use of a magic spell in the Dungeons of Thal. And I'll say no more. Been thinking a lot about the diary in the last couple of days, really. Um, I was listening to Liren this morning from Updates in the Middle of Nowhere, and she was talking about how she didn't want to record when it was negative stuff, when stuff was bad, for a number of very understandable reasons, actually. But one of them was that she felt like putting that negativity out there, I think, is um, it's not helpful. And um, that's what I worry about. You know, I, I, I do this, and people tell me, yeah, I keep doing it. But then um, when it hits a negative downturn or when I'm in a what seems to be a bad place, um, then people call in and tell me off. And um, <laughs> and it's done, I know, with the best of intent of, to be helpful. And um, uh, that is um, all good. You know, I have very few complaints about the fact that anyone gives a crap about me. That's awesome. On the other hand, it then, you know, it does lead. When people um, critique, I guess, then I feel... Uh, vulnerable and threatened and um, I know that this vulnerability thing is something that some people feel is a really good thing but it's um, it's also very difficult so I don't know I think I'm just going to try not to say so many negative things and so I'm going to cut this short Tuesday morning uh, at school um, came back to work yesterday it was a pretty intense day a good day but intense very busy and uh, tonight is theoretically games. I have no idea whether the, the kids will come. Um, you know, three or four of them signed up, I think, before the holiday. But my experience tells me that usually the first Tuesday back, they don't show. That being said, I brought everything in. Um, and I don't know, there's part of me that's really tempted to invite the kids to roll up the Traveller um, pre-gens for my forthcoming campaign. Um, so I did bring the book in. <laughs> But um, at, to be fair, I don't expect them to come. Um, but we'll see. I'm going to wing it tonight. Just going to wing it. Just going to see what they're in the mood for, what I'm in the mood for by the end of the day. There you go. It's Wednesday morning and I'm back at work. Last night's game got um, essentially nobody... Well, it's not true nobody turned up. A couple of guys showed, um, but I had three people bail so in the end we decided not to play um it was a bit scrappy anyway because people you know people coming individually so the first guy rocks up and you know there's nobody else here okay I guess I better go home and then the second guy rocks up and if the first guy had hung around just long enough he might have had a two-player game but hey whatever it happens um thing is I, I kind of got home last night and uh the yeah, intention was yeah no I'm really up for it I'm going to um start working on those characters for Traveller and uh truth is that I I, can, I also needed to edit uh the interview with uh Gavin Norman which um hopefully by now is out and I I, I worked on that which was great and then afterwards uh, I had something to eat and then it just hit me how exhausted I was so um yeah, I kind of hit TV for an hour and went to bed by like nine o'clock. Um, I'm getting old. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, I have to be up at 4.45 a.m. for work with my wife. Uh, so 9.30, 10 o'clock is, you know, pretty much a, a usual sort of bedtime. But I was zapped by nine. I mean, even before nine, really, I was really zonked. 
and uh yeah work uh is hard i had two weeks away and now i'm back and two days in and i'm you know i'm just shattered so that was that was difficult and i needed you know i have always had intentions you know I, yeah i'll have an evening every day i have an evening i'll have an hour and i'll be able to do something creative and um yeah i think an hour is about the limit um i spent just over an hour and a half or so editing an interview and it was enough you know i was i was kind of mentally drained at that point and I think I need to remember that. I think I need to remember that um, sitting down for an hour is fine. And then you kind of need to uh, reassess where you're at at that point. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, that being said, you know, I've got time. <laughs> There's a few weeks to go. But I know that's going to zip by before, in you know, a blink of an eye, you know. So I've got to be careful. Anyway, enough of me blithering. I've got some work to do. So here we go. It's Friday night. The week is over from work anyway. And I'm starting to think about the weekend. And I'm kind of lucky tonight in some ways. Uh, my wife is out at a party tonight until late. So I get to have some time alone. And I'd like to do a little bit of hobby stuff tonight. I'm going to catch an episode of The Expanse. I think I'm about four episodes into the whole series now. And um, and then I'm going you know, to have something to eat. And then I'm going to um, do a little bit of fun hobby. And I think what I'm going to do is something um, related to... Star Trek because of something that happened yesterday and I guess I just kind of want to share the story. So yesterday I received from Odiphius Publishing, who published the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game, a notification about the forthcoming or now available actually Gamma Quadrant, um, Gamma Quadrant uh, supplement for Star Trek Adventures, which is really about the Dominion and the Dominion War and all that sort of stuff, which is kind of cool. And rather excitedly I thought, oh, well, I'll pop on and find out what the price of that is and have a look. As I went on, I discovered that the Alpha um, Quadrant book and also the Sciences Division book have gone out of stock. I mean, as in published printed copies. You can get PDF, but the printed books have gone out of stock. And I actually had a panic. I actually had a kind of a panic attack because in my head I've been saying, well, I'm not going to pick up each of the books as they come out because I'm not playing it right now. And, you know, if I get into playing it, then I can go and collect them up as I need to. But I was kind of holding off. I bought... Um, the Beat Quadrant, I bought the First Adventures sort of compendium book, and I had bought the Core Rules, um, DM Screen, various other little bits and pieces. I think I have the Command um, supplement. We're talking splat books, yeah, and setting books, but basically I was kind of like, yeah, they're cool. Recently at the album with the staff, I got a game of the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game, regular listeners will remember, and I had a really good time, a really, really, really good time. And I said at the time, I really want to play this more. I want to get more into this 2D20 version of Star Trek. I really enjoy it, actually. And I think the 2D20 system is uh, perhaps a little underrated in circles anyway. But I, I just think it's quite a nice game. Um, I recently incidentally discovered that um, Justin Alexander of The Alexandrian is one of the main designers of that game and has worked on the Infinity version of that. Um, I think it's called Infinity. Um, anyway, I digress. So I had a little panic attack. Um, now, I actually have. I've managed to find copies of both of those books available on Amazon. And, yeah, I've ordered them. And I've also ordered up the Delta, sorry, Gamma Quadrant book. And I look forward to the Delta Quadrant coming. I have now the entire collection, either already or winging its way to me in the last 24 hours. And I realized something. I realized that I want that collection. I really want that game. And it's and more than I realized um, it's really interesting. Now, you can I don't know how you're going to view me on this, but I just really enjoy Star Trek. It's one of my favourite properties. And if there is a role-playing game that I 
science fiction role playing game other than Traveller that I want to play it Star Trek you know it's a setting in a world and stuff I love and I've discovered that I really I mean outside of the original sort of FASA Star Trek which I own and which I think is lovely um, actually 220 Star Trek Adventures has for me kind of come close to that feeling when I played it and I really really want to delve deeper so I guess that one of the things I want to do in 2020 it turns out is play 2D20 Star Trek um, so obviously it's going to have to go into my list of things that I want to do but I think what I'm going to do tonight is try and find the books and um, I'm going to delve them a little bit because I realise the excitement I have and um, I have the Sciences Division book with me right now um, and I'm really quite excited about sort of delving that maybe creating some characters I think what I might do I might actually start just by soloing up you know I think a long while ago I created a character using the system just to try it out or at least started to I think I might go back and um, you know do what I always do roll up some characters so yeah random thoughts and by the way this is by no by no means you know kind of uh, diverts me really away from like prep for the Dungeons of Thal I've got a game tomorrow night Saturday night I'm really looking forward to uh, six players I think I was seven at one point but unfortunately um, one of the guys had to drop out for, for really uh, reasons beyond their control but I've got like you know six players ready for Dungeons of Thal tomorrow night I'm really excited about that I'm going to put some prep into that but I'm, I'm actually not in the best headspace uh, tonight and I know I have time tomorrow so that's what I'll be doing and then I also have the, in three weeks' time I have, well, I guess it's another two weeks from now, um, the uh, Traveller um, game, which I'm, you know, in the midst of prepping. And obviously, yes, I need to get some time to read through that and all the rest of it. And I may well end up doing that tonight. I may end up delving a bit further into that tonight. I certainly will on Sunday once um, the Thal game's sort of complete. Um, so, yeah, um, it's it's an aside. But, I, but oh, my goodness, the... the um, sort of the sense of loss if I couldn't get that collection I don't know is there something wrong with me um I don't think so I think it is actually like I'm really dead excited about that particular property and I guess they could sell me spot books to the gals come home I don't know <laughs> we shall see game on Yay, Saturday. Um, spent um, some time this morning prepping for Dungeons of Thal tonight, which was a lot of fun to do. Once again, the uh, sort of sitting down, getting on with it, starting to take action, that inspires a few ideas. I uh, decided to strictly limit myself on time today. Um, I'm kind of taking a bit of advice that I picked up from Dave Aldridge um, from Deeper Centile Podcast. He suggested that he's going to do no more than half the session time in prep before a session so today i sort of took that principle to heart and i've the session will be anything up to four hours long um so i put aside two hours this morning i've just spent two hours and no longer um updating the dungeon so i have um sort of done a restocking exercise in the dungeon um i do that by random rolls so i sort of decide the probability on a 3d6 roll um for very low probability i pick a six um, it can be a 9, a 12 or a 15 or less on 3d6 obviously a 15 or less is a very likely I very rarely use that usually it's um, 6, 9 and 12 and they're good numbers, breakpoints kind of ask myself right has the dungeon been kind of infested with X creature role you know um, and that's kind of a fun thing to do so I've set up some um, few changes in the dungeon that way and that's going to great 
Um, other than that, ready to go. That said, there are a few bits that I've not managed to get done. So the sort of further zones of the dungeon, I've I partially done some dungeon mapping in um, digital form, um, but I've not had enough time to really sort of add to that. Uh, so I stocked the first sort of section of the new section uh, part of the dungeon, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, that's enough. I mean, by the time they've kind of found their way through to there, if they do that, and you know, uh, and into it, then hopefully there's enough there to kind of keep them busy for the four-hour session. Um, I just about managed that. I think um, my main problems are if there there are two possible areas they could go to there. Uh, less likely I would suggest but um, if they do do that I don't have digital maps which means I've been in a position of doing it completely off the cuff really um, I have ideas and I have like I've got sketch maps my draft maps are on paper on squared paper and then I sort of transfer them across digitally I think it's easier to work them out on paper and then move them across but um, actually you know um, I don't yet have digital maps and, and they take a lot of time. So that's my only worry, I guess, is if they, they kind of go off the map, so to speak. But hey, well, just wing it, deal with it. I'm sure the guys will understand if that's what happens. Game on. Hey, Upshay, Shandy Andy here. Just finished listening to the latest episode of your GM Journal. Excellent episode, as always. And I completely concur with what you were saying about the Dungeons of Thrall is really working very, very well. Uh, a little surprising in a way, uh, same as you, but it's we've had some great sessions there. And I think it does work at the moment where we're struggling to get people to turn up every other Friday. And I think it's just, I, I think you're completely right to accept that that is just the way of the world. We've got to accept we've all got, you know, demanding jobs, kids, um, illness, it all interfering it's probably the time of life we're at and I think you're doing a great job balancing being able to run something at short notice like that and yet we're all still keen to do Grimfort again when we get chance so great job keep it up Shay. Saturday night five players came to Thal tonight um, unfortunately Mr. Hobbs couldn't make it for personal reasons, uh, which is completely understandable. Um, but I did have five players, which was rather awesome. Um, and I really enjoyed the session, actually. These guys um, basically uh, ripped the iron door off its hinges, penetrated a section of the dungeon that few adventurers have been to, um, battled with spiders battled their way through to recover some interesting loot and items of interest and then yeah we had a really good time and and uh, I learned a number of things and um, yeah again once again my prep my two hours limited prep today was too much uh, not by much too much but it was just that little bit I was a little bit ahead so I'm kind of a little step ahead of them I guess uh, next session's in a month, uh, 8th of February, I want to say. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Of course, between now and then, it's time for some Traveller. Game on.
I guess I should change my name to the RPG Pedant. Yeah, it's about right, really, isn't it? <laughs>